Well, I'm very thankful that we could have such a time with so many sisters from so many churches, even from more than one country, actually. We have some sisters here from other countries. It's quite marvelous to be gathered together under the Lord's speaking and under the Lord's word concerning the proper, normal function of the sisters in the church life. Uh, I think it's easy to misunderstand things uh, related to the sister's function. Probably a lot of that is due to what Christianity may teach about the sisters being quiet all the time and different things that frustrate the sister's function. But I hope that today we get all of that blown away and realize the sisters are very critical and your function is very critical in all of the scriptures and particularly in the practical church life. And that is what I'd like to cover the practical church life at the end of the book of Romans in chapter 16. You know, Romans is a marvelous book. I think we all appreciate the book of Romans. I know we love chapter 6, chapter 8 of Romans related to our salvation and our experience of the Lord. And then chapter 12 on the body of Christ. There's so many marvelous things in the book of Romans. But when you come to chapter 16... Ricky already mentioned this, you just get a lot of greetings at the end, and it seems like, I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever thought this, like, why is this chapter here? I, I don't get it, you know, I don't quite understand. But uh, we do have a booklet that is available in the uh, book room for all of you who would like a copy called Serving Sisters in the Church Life. And that is what some of the portion from that booklet is what I have the burden to cover here at the, in this session, and that is related to the sisters mentioned in Romans chapter 16. There are six sisters mentioned. There's Phoebe and Prisca, Mary and Persis, and... Uh, no, there's these, there are these four sisters mentioned in, in, in these, this portion of Romans 16. And if you get into it, and as we hopefully will get into it here, you realize that Paul was writing Romans 16 in a very particular way to give us a picture of the practical, actual church life and how important the sister's function is in the practical church life. And the first mention is this, is the sister Phoebe, right? Right. And... um, says, I commend to you Phoebe, our sister, who is a deaconess of the church, which is in Sancria, that you receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints and assist her in whatever manner she may have need of you, in whatever matter she may have need of you, for she herself has also been the patroness of many of myself as well. So here, Phoebe is mentioned as a deaconess, and also as a patroness. This is quite a particular word. You know, a patron is someone who takes care of all the needs of whomever they are serving. It can also be translated a serving one of many. She takes care of whatever need you have by serving you. And in that booklet, Brother Lee mentions, it's sort of like, you know, the head nurse in a hospital. Whatever you have, you know, the doctor does come and gives you the test and gives you a diagnosis and hopefully you have a, 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 
a, a mode of therapy or of curing your illness. But day to day, moment by moment, who takes care of all of your needs in the hospital? It is the nurse. It is that nurse who is in charge. If you need, you know, if, you're, if your pain is coming back and you need a painkiller, you buzz the nurse and she brings you the painkiller. If you need, you know, to get up and have some help to get to the restroom, you call the nurse and she helps you. If you need more blankets, you call the nurse and she helps you. If you need lunch or dinner, you call the nurse and she brings it. She takes care of all of your needs in the hospital. And in that booklet, Brother Lee mentioned, this is like this sister Phoebe, the patroness of the church. She took care of all of the needs. Whatever is needed, whether it's when the apostles came to visit, whether it's the saints who are there going through things, she would shepherd them. She would probably feed them physically, take care of their need. She would help them. And, and, and this is the first one that Paul mentions in, in, in the church in Sancria when he's greeting the, the saints in Rome the saints in the book of Romans. This is a very, very precious function. And brothers and sisters, we need sisters like this in all the local churches. We need sisters who are serving ones like this, who are patroness, patron, patronesses of the church to take care of all of the needs in the church life. You know, um, earlier we heard it's quite marvelous the way that God created you sisters, the females, you have a keen eye for things. Actually, I think you have a keen nose for things. You can smell things when they're, <laughs> you know. You have a keen ear for things to know what's going on and to hear what's happening in the church life. How do you respond to it? I hope that we all would change our name to Phoebe <laughs> and respond to it in the way that this sister responded is to find a way to take care of that need. Of course, a number one way to take care of all the needs of the churches is to pray. And we'll cover this a little bit later. And surely she prayed for these needs. And as Ricky mentioned, we have a lot of sisters praying for the brothers who are traveling. This is a very crucial function in the church life. And we also have a good example toward the end here of this matter of prayer. But I feel just to spend this first portion on this matter of being a patroness and that is to take care of all the needs sometimes we may not be able to take care of it alone so the in this portion uh, if you get that booklet you'll see that brother Lee's burden is that a whole group of sisters could be raised up to serve in this way in a local church and uh, he gives the testimony of the church in Shanghai uh, which was the largest church at that time in China. And there, there were a good number. He said, not just 10 or 20, but a very significant number of sisters who were there serving together as serving ones in the church life. They're not ministers. They're not female pastors. They're just serving ones. And whatever the need is, they're there to serve. If the need is to cook for 500 sisters <laughs> for a conference, then they take care of that. If the need is for a young people's conference, if the need is for the children's uh, Bible camp, they just take care of it. They just have a way to carry it out. And they have the eyes and the capacity and the ability to, to fellowship together and find a way to fulfill all the needs of the church for that particular, whether it's an event 
or for whatever the church is going through, or if it's from or if it's for traveling co-workers, as Ricky mentioned, they have a way to help bear that burden of the church together as a serving group of sisters. And I don't know how many he was talking about in Shanghai, but I realized that, you know, being here in New York, it's a larger church, we also have groups of sisters like this. Now we have nine halls, we probably have more groups of sisters than I even know about who are serving together and meeting the need of the church, whatever the church's need is, and to pray for the church. You know, the sisters' prayer meeting, to my feeling, is probably one of the most important meetings of the church life. Because the sisters can spend more time to pray specifically for various needs. In the church prayer meeting, we have many burdens we need to pray for, and we follow the Lord's leading to pray for them every week. But there are some things you can't get that specific about, But in the sisters' prayer meeting, I think the sisters can be more specific. Pray more specifically for that need, for that situation, that the Lord could come in and take over that situation. And you know, many problems are solved just by prayer. Many many problems are solved. We think we have to get it, you know, we brothers are first of all, let's do something about this. But actually we need to realize, first of all, prayers petitions and thanksgivings, right? Be made on behalf of all men. We need to pray first. And uh, I believe these sisters that are mentioned here in the practical church life were all serving as serving ones, as patronesses of the church there. Then it mentions Right, Prisca and Aquila, which we've heard a little bit about, who were able to risk their own lives for the church. You know, wherever... Prisca was, or Priscilla was, with her husband Aquila. When they were in Ephesus, the church met in their home. And they met the need there. And there was a time when Apollos was speaking in the church where they were, and they realized that his vision of God's goal and God's economy, of God's salvation, was a little short. He only knew the baptism of John. So they quietly took him aside and shepherded him and met the need of the church, met his need to realize God's salvation is more than the baptism of John. And they helped to care for him and to shepherd him. And this is another way that this couple, probably here mainly, Prisca and Aquila, helped this brother in their service to the church. And they risked their lives for the church. You know, um, I grew up in a Christian home. And uh, before I came into the church life, uh, I grew up in a, in a Christian home. And uh, both sides of my family, my father's family and my mother's family, were dear believers. And, uh, uh, but my father was not meeting much while I was younger, so we followed my mother to church. The mother took the lead. The sister takes the lead in the family life. And this is very important. And I think in... Prisca and Aquila's family, maybe sometimes Prisca took the lead <laughs> because she's mentioned first. But the mother takes the lead and the sisters take the lead in the church life and the children are affected very much by the faith of their mother, right? Timothy was affected by his grandmother's faith and by his mother's faith. So our function is not just in the church life general but is also in the families in the church life. You know, our... Uh, our banner this year is the, ch- is the family life for the church life. 
church life for the family life and that we would send our roots downward to bear fruit upward. And I think this is a very precious burden to pray for. We, the church, is made up of families. And we need to have our families for the church life. And the church life is really the best environment for your family. I know when I came to the church life and I saw so many families in the church life, I told the Lord, I want a family like this. I want to have a family in the church life and for the church life. And this, is, this has a lot to do with great resolutions in heart and great searchings of heart that we would consecrate our families to the church life and consecrate ourselves to serve in the church life just like Phoebe and Prisca. Amen. The fourth name is Mary. Of course, there's Mary's a very common name in the Bible. And well, uh, let me just come back here to Phoebe for a second. So when I came into the church life, uh, we had a Phoebe. Benjamin's wife was named Phoebe, and uh, she and James' wife Anna kind of headed up the children's meeting work. And so those of us who would start serving with the children. Uh, my wife included, were very, very close to Phoebe and Sister Anna, and they were quite good patterns to us in the church life. And uh, I, I, I always treasure this name, Phoebe, not just because of Romans 16, but also because we had a Phoebe. <laughs> we had a Phoebe who was really given to serve the Lord in the church here. And, and that was all that she cared about, and that's all that she, she just poured out. We have several sisters like that, in the church life here, they just pour out for the church. And we are under the blessing of these serving sisters. And we hope that in every local church, there would be a group of serving sisters rising up together to pray together, to serve together, and to meet the need of the church together. So the the next name in this Acts 16 is Mary. Amen. And Persis, right? There are six Marys. We have a booklet there. We hope you can get that book to read about. We're not going to cover them at this time. But this Mary, there is the Mary in Romans 16. And then you have, you know, the other Marys. The mother of Jesus, of course, is one. Mary the Magdalene is another. The mother of John Mark in Acts 12, which we'll mention a little later. These are... Uh, These are some of the Marys that are mentioned in the church life. But this fourth name we want to pick up is Mary here. And the fifth name is Persis in verse 12. And here you have Persis, the beloved sister, one who has labored much in the Lord. She's labored much in the Lord. And Mary in verse 6, one who has labored much for us. So these two sisters, Mary and Persis, are examples of some who labored for the apostle and labored in the Lord for the church life. They spent their time serving and laboring for the Lord. They felt like their time was best spent to labor in the Word, to labor in the Lord, to labor in the prayer, and to labor before the saints to meet the needs, especially here, Paul's need. They were laboring for the co-workers and taking care of Many, many needs for the co-workers. This is a very needed service in the church life. You know, um, 
Ricky mentioned the traveling brothers. They have a lot to do and a lot of their time is taken up to prepare and to travel. But there's still a lot of needs to be met in, the, in their service. And so it's very good that there would be a group of sisters who can offer themselves to take care of these needs. And recently here we've had some sisters that have the burden to serve in the service office of the church here. And, I can, and they are producing a little newsletter. I don't know if you've been enjoying that newsletter. I have been enjoying that newsletter here each week. And they've been laboring. That's one of the things they try to take care of is to produce that newsletter every week. And I think the church really benefits from the laboring together of the sisters in so many areas of the church life. And these, this is the practical church life. You know, the church does need ministry of the word and the truth and a lot of other, you know, in the gospel, but there's a lot of practical service needed in the church life that is carried out by the sisters. In fact, from this chapter, you can see that the practical church life, the proper church life, first of all, depends on the sisters. Without the sisters, we cannot have a normal, practical church life. And Paul put this recommendation of these sisters here that occupied to show that the sisters occupy, occupy the first place in the practical church life. He greets them first and talks about their service, their labor, and their care for the church. And so we need to see how much uh, these sisters helped in the church life. Let me just read a little bit from this booklet. If you read carefully you could see that all the things related to these four sisters include all the aspects of the practical church life. First, Phoebe is a serving one, a deaconess. Deaconess is the feminine form of deacon, which is the anglicized form of the Greek word for serving one. Therefore, Phoebe represents the serving spirit in the practical church life. Practical church life is not just coming to meetings. It's having a serving spirit. You're willing to give up your time, of your energy, to serve the Lord in the practical church life. In the practical church life, the first thing is not doctrine, but serving. The one recommended is not a pastor, but a deaconess, a serving one, one who serves. So Paul, you know, the Holy Word is very economical, but Paul uses two long verses to recommend this dear sister, to indicate in what way she serves. And we read those verses. I commend to you Phoebe, a manner who, that you receive her in a manner worthy of the saints, and assist her, whatever she may have need of you, for she herself has been a patroness of many, myself as well. First Paul calls her a deaconess and then a patroness, which is a word of dignity denoting one who helps, sustains, and supplies, and which indicates the high esteem with which she was regarded. Paul really considered her very highly and esteemed her to all the saints because she was a real serving one, supplying all the needs, bearing all of your burdens, and solving all of your problems meeting all of your need. This is the description of a patroness. It also can be translated in First John as, as, as when the Lord Jesus is mentioned as the advocate with the Father. Or it could be translated patron 
with the Father. So whatever is the need, you have an advocate to speak for you, to take, meet your need and to take care of you. This is the kind of service that Phoebe gave in the church there. This is quite important. Brother Lee mentions this. What we need is the training of so many sisters to be church, quote, nurses, in a sense. The ch- in a sense, the church is a hospital. Consider yourselves as serving ones, those giving nursing care, just as the nurses in a hospital. Yet, this nursing care is just one-third of the service of a Roman patroness to take care of all the needs of the, of the saints. You know, recently I had a, an episode and I had to spend uh, a day and a half, I guess, 24 hours in a hospital. And, uh, you know, when you're in the hospital, you really appreciate the nurses. <laughs> whatever you need, whatever you have need of, you just you have a little ring there, a little doorbell. You can call them and they come in and take care of your need and meet your need. So it's good if in the church life, of course, we're not going to have a bell. But anyway, in the church life, whatever the brothers' fellowship is the need of the church, that the sisters just pick that up and carry that burden forth and find a way to help to carry that out. Amen. The Greek word that refers to the Holy Spirit is parakletos and is translated as comforter. It is hard for any translator to find the best English equivalent for this word. The best suggestion is the word for the Roman patron. The Holy Spirit is also the patron. Right? Take care of all the needs. Surely the Spirit takes care of all our needs. And then 1 John 2, 1 says, The Lord Jesus is our patron with our Father. Amen. The thought in Paul's recommendation of this sister is in this line. In every local church, there is the need of a group of serving sisters, like this sister, a group of serving sisters taking care of the saints. I have seen the practicality of such a service among the sisters in the church in Shanghai, which was the largest church in China. That church was 90%. This is what I wanted to bring out about Shanghai. That church was 90% built up with the serving sisters. Think about this. Brother Nee's ministry was there. But in Brother Lee's view and his observation, right? But his ministry rendered only one-tenth of the building up of the church in Shanghai. Think about it. I mean, I was shocked by this. 90% of the church, church's practical building up was carried out by this group of serving sisters. So, how much we all need, right? We need such a group of sisters in our local church. And he mentions there was quite a group of them. Uh, Brother Nee began to minister in 27 until he was married seven years later in 1934. For the most part, he was taken care of by those loving sisters, most of all of them older than Brother Nee. The church there was built up very much by the serving sisters. Most of the practical things were taken care of by the sisters. And he goes on to mention how much they did there. They were the ones cleaning the hall, setting up the hall, taking care of all the knees in, in, uh, in, the, in Shanghai. Amen. 
The first picture of the church life in miniature was a family of three persons, one brother and two sisters, Lazarus, Martha, and Mary, and John 12. That little picture, Lazarus, was resurrected from the dead as a testimony, but there was the need of Martha's serving. Do not consider that Martha was so bad. Usually we think Mary had the good part, right? Martha was not. Okay. Martha was really good. The church needs a group of Marthas who serve. Even Mary was serving in a different way. Lazarus was the only one who did not serve. <laughs> well, it's the case, right? He was just sitting there. I always wondered about this. I thought, what is this with this Lazarus? Come on, get up and do something. You got raised from the dead, aren't you? Know. But he was just sitting there. He was alive. That was a testimony. Testimony of resurrection, right? I think Brother Lee is too kind to him. Anyway, <laughs> he was a testimony of resurrection. That's good. But these two sisters were really serving. Amen. He was just sitting as a living testimony resurrected from the dead. This picture shows that the serving is not with the brothers, but with the sisters. So this is the practical church life for which we need to be trained as church nurses or church serving ones. The second aspect that Paul mentioned in recommendation of Phoebe was that she was more than 100% related to the church. She was a sister in the church. She was recommended as one who served in the church and served for the church and served the church directly. All of this matter of recommendation was related to the church. She served so many dear ones, not in many other spheres, but in the church. She was a sister 100% in the church life. So this is what the Lord really needs. He needs sisters, a group of sisters in every locality who would be 100% in the church, for the church, and serving the church directly. This is really a great great need. I think in every one of our hearts, you know, as soon as you get saved, I know as soon as I was saved, I just had the heart to serve the Lord. I didn't know how, I didn't know what that meant, you know, and as I grew older and older, that thought of what to do and how to do and how to serve, you know, kind of develops a bit. But never lose your heart to serve the church, to serve the Lord in the church life. It's really, it's a tremendous thing. The enemy will try to quench that, try to put out the fire. Don't let the fire go out. Amen. And I, I, I really appreciate the fellowship we've had this morning. You may be very busy with the children. You may be very busy with your parents when they get older. You may be very busy with your job. There may be a lot of things trying to drag your time away and steal your time away. But there's always some time to get with the Lord and to get to the Lord. I enjoyed that picture. He is mobile, right? He travels with you. He's with you all the time. So, but never lose your heart to serve and to serve in the church life. <clears throat> this is really a major point. Amen. Then, Prisca, which we've covered, I think. Uh, let me just read this last. Okay. There's a little paragraph called The Family Holy 
for the church life. Well, let me read the paragraph before this. In a family, if the wife does not take the lead to have the practical church life, the husband would always be frustrated. The best way, the highest way for a family to have the church life is for the wife to take the lead. In any other matter, the wife should not take the lead, but in the matter of taking the way of the practical church life for the family, the wives should take the lead. This is Brother Lee's word. All of the matters, we shouldn't take the lead, sisters, we shouldn't. But, in the practical church life, please, take the lead. Right? I do not mean in matters such as teaching and making decisions and giving directions, but in serving the church, the sisters may take the lead. Then you have this uh, little paragraph about the family life. In every family, if the wife takes the lead to have the church life, it could be so easy to bring the whole family into the church life. But if the wife would not take the lead in this matter, if the husband takes the lead for the church life, it may be hard for the whole family to be holy for the church life. The frustrations would always come from the source of the wife who would not take the lead for the church life. So, praise the Lord. In principle, the husband is the head. But in the practical church life, the sister needs to take the lead to bring the family into the church life. Only in one unique thing, this is in the next section on sisters taking the lead to risk their necks for the church. Here is the one unique thing the sisters are allowed to take the lead in. Romans 16 has such a revelation that the sisters may take the lead to risk their necks for the church. I don't hear many amens about this. (laughs) The unique thing is the sisters can take the lead to risk their necks for the church life. A weak amen now. I'm not blaming you. I, I would find it hard too, right? Dennis, you want to serve? Yes, okay. You have to die. You've got to risk your neck. Now, I understand we all have to die. We are crucified with Christ. But risking your neck it sounds a little too physical. A little too physical. But I don't know, brothers and sisters. I, I, this is not a prophecy. But you can see how the world is changing. Uh, things are getting worse and worse in the world today. And, uh, you know, the Lord Jesus not only risked his neck, he gave up his life, right, voluntarily on our behalf. And we, should, we may have to do the same. We may have to do the same. It's hard to believe now in this country we could be persecuted to such a degree, but, brothers and sisters, this country is changing and I have no idea. I don't think we have any guarantees of anything anymore. But we need to have that kind of heart and that kind of realization. I'm willing to risk my neck for the church life. I'm willing to die if I had to. You know, I was very touched by Esther's story this morning, right? And her uncle was saying, you've got to go in and tell the king. You've got to tell the king. But the, 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 the rule in the court was, unless the king asks for you to come, you don't come. If you come, you're finished. He'll kill you. And her answer was so precious. I'm going. If I perish, I perish. 
She was bold. And because of her boldness, she saved the children of Israel. She saved them from being annihilated. She herself saved them. We need to have this kind of heart. We would risk our neck for the church life. The Lord would be so happy for any wife to take the lead for her family to have the church life, even to risk her neck for the church life. Praise the Lord. Then laboring in the church life, this is verses 6 and 12, related to Mary and Persis. They have labored very much. This laboring is serving. We pointed out that all things related to the sisters in the practical church life, serving, laboring, and taking the lead for the church life. If there is a shortage of serving spirit among the sisters, if we... Okay, this, I'm sorry, let me read this again. If these matters are put into practice among us, right away we would see that our situation does not match the revelation in Romans 16. There is a shortage of the serving spirit among the sisters. This is Brother Lee's word. And I feel we have to take this. We have to consider our situation in the church where we are. Is there a shortage? If we don't see all of these functions among the sisters, and we have to say, there's a shortage among the serving sisters in the church life. Brother Lee says this, if you would give me the freedom to speak a frank an honest word without offending you, I would have to point out this shortage. Among the sisters, there is more talking than serving. There is no need for you to talk about doctrines, but there is a real need for you to serve people. To serve people. And I think Brother Ricky mentioned this danger, right, of gossip, of talking. It's easy to talk is not so easy to serve. There are two different ways to talk with people regarding the truth or doctrines. One way is just to talk in a doctrinal way, but the other way is to serve people with certain truths because you realize that one needs a practical truth for the growth in life. Such talk, even though it may seem to be talk about doctrines, is talk in a serving way, talk in the way of serving others according to their need in life. My talk with you should serve you something. It should serve you life. And I think this underlines this point of that God's created the females to maintain and sustain life. And our speaking should sustain life. Our speaking should give life to one another. Because, and then, if our speaking gives life to one another, that's serving. That's serving Christ to one another. And that is the function of the sisters. So we have to beware of gossip and idle words. Amen. So he mentioned about this matter of training. And here is, there's a few, if you read this booklet, I'll leave most of this to you. But there's a few paragraphs here on how we need to be trained. And the first thing we need to be trained in is to learn not to talk. Not to talk. Which eventually becomes gossip and starts to spread. Vain talk will damage, but we need to put our energy to serve the Lord and not to speak these idle things. The serving includes both material things and spiritual things. 
The sisters have to serve the younger ones spiritual life. And they have to serve all the dear ones the spiritual growth. If the church is going to grow and be built up, first of all, the sisters have to learn not to talk. This is a big lesson. This is really a big lesson. Amen. There's simply no need to talk about many things. Just serve. Amen. Just serve. Okay. Then we come to the main burden in this little booklet is serving by praying. Serving by praying. To serve others with something also includes the matter of praying for others. A sister may realize there are four younger sisters who need someone to serve them by praying for them. Without talking to them, without letting them know she's praying for them, she simply needs to serve them with her prayer, with her intercession. Even interceding for them desperately, that prayer is also a kind of service. And I think this brings out this burden of the sisters' prayer meeting in the church life. When we began to serve the young people and eventually needed to travel for the service of the young people to different areas, we would always ask the sisters' prayer meeting to pray for the coming trips that were coming along. And many times I had the realization that when we're there serving and ministering in other places, other churches, other regions with the young people, the blessing came because of the sisters' prayer. It wasn't anything we could do. It wasn't anything of our, you know labor in in itself it was because the sisters were praying for us and they prayed for us and covered so many matters and so many things that allowed the Lord to take care of these different conferences in these different places so I I, I cannot uh, emphasize the need and the, and the and the maybe desperate need for the sisters to have a prayer meeting every week I know here in the Hall 1 in our, in our district, there are several prayer meetings of the sisters. Different times, different days, different ones coming together, sometimes face-to-face, many times maybe by the phone. But there are a lot of prayers going on by the sisters to serve the church here. And I have to testify, much of the blessing we receive comes by the sisters' prayer. And they're laboring together in prayer. And as, as Brother Ricky mentioned, whenever there's a burden that is brought out by the leading brothers here, we know the sisters pick up that burden and pray the Lord can carry that out. And uh, when did we start praying for Staten Island? Ricky, you mentioned that one time. 47, yeah. 45 years. It only took 45 years to pray for Staten Island and get a hall there. <laughs> Not that long. You know? And I think, I think this is really true. You know, a lot of times the saints will ask us, how come you're receiving so much blessing? I tell you, it's because of the prayers. Forty years of prayers. You know, and uh, it's okay. Don't worry. Don't think the Lord isn't answering the prayers. He is answering the prayers. It just takes a lot of prayers to make the scale. You know, Brother Benjamin used to give this example. In chemistry, you know, I get on the scale in the morning to see how I'm doing trying to keep my weight down but I step on something right but in chemistry it's a balance so you have this element on one side of the balance and then you put gram half gram a little bit little bit little bit little bit little bit nothing moves I mean you put ten things on there nothing's moving 
You keep putting things on there, nothing's moving. Eventually, the last one you touch, then the whole scale comes up. He said, this is our prayer. Don't think it's not, right, availing something. It's availing a lot. It just needs, this matter needs a lot of prayers. So we just need to keep adding, keep adding. Eventually, 45 years, you've got a meeting all on Staten Island. <laughs> or you've got something else, some situation. And uh, this is really, uh, really needed in the churches. We would have more prayers, more sisters serving by praying and meeting all of the needs. <clears throat> Amen. Uh, I'd like to give this uh, example in Acts chapter 12. You know, in Acts chapter 12, Peter was in prison there. And um, verse 5 so then Peter was kept in the prison but prayer was being made fervently by the church to God concerning him right and in verse 6 that night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains. The guards before the door were keeping the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shined in the cell. And he struck Peter's side and roused him, saying, Rise up quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Throw your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. And he did not know that what was taking place through the angel was real, but thought he was, in, he was seeing a vision. Peter thought this was a trance or something, you know. He didn't think it was real. And passing the first guard and the second, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened of itself to them. This is not science fiction movies here. This really happened, okay? Open, and going out, they went forward one lane and immediately... The angel departed from them and Peter came to himself and said, Now I know truly that the Lord has sent forth his angel and rescued me out of Herod's hand and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. And when he became aware of this, this is the main point, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who was surnamed Mark. And there were a considerable number assembled together and praying and he knocked on the door, and a maiden named Rhoda came to listen. And when she recognized Peter's voice, she did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing before the entry. But they said to her, You are crazy. He's in prison. You're crazy. But she insisted, No, no, it's really Peter. It's really. So they said, It is his angel. It's not Peter. But Peter continued knocking. And then when they opened the gate, they saw him, and they were beside themselves. This chapter always always amazes me. It's that prayer in the house of Mary that caused the angel to come and the chains to fall off and all of the miraculous things to happen. It wasn't that you know they had to send a you know a, 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 you know some Navy SEALs in there to extract him out of the prison, right? That the Lord just did it. Why? Because of the prayers of the sisters. And Mary here is one of the serving sisters. And she had the saints over to pray in her house. 
It's good to open your house for the prayer meeting. You will be blessed. And the church will be blessed. How much we need more sisters prayer meeting. When you sisters see a need in the church life, you must not talk, but bear the burden to pray. When you see that there is a need for a real broken life, you must not talk. You have to bear the burden. With four or five, eight or ten, coming together to pray to serve this purpose. Pray for the real broken life in the church life, right? When you see a brother becomes a problem to the church or that a sister has some problem in her life, do not talk. Pick up the burden to pray with two or three others to serve this purpose. If you would be like this, many of you would be today's Phoebes. Praise the Lord. Then the church life will have the best serving. I think this is a marvelous, marvelous picture in Romans 16 of the practical church life. For us to have the practical church life, we need this kind of a situation. And we could be those serving saints, praying and serving and taking care of all the needs, whatever they may be in the church where we are. I believe if the Lord would gain that in many of our churches, wow, it would, the whole church life would change. The whole church life would change. And you know, I uh, just want to give a little footnote here. Many of you who have been testifying... You have young families. It's such an encouragement to see that. And you know, as the church goes on here in the Northeast, well, I think in all the churches, actually, there's the need to raise up the younger brothers to take the lead. There's the need to pass on the baton to the younger brothers. And we see this more and more. So we're always considering and praying, Lord, which brothers, who could come, to, who has the burden, who has the heart to serve. And... Uh, and it may be that one, you know, one day, maybe sooner than later, the church where you are would ask your husband to come and serve. And that's going to be some commitment in time. Because for us to serve as brothers in the church life, we also need to pray desperately, week by week. We need to spend hours to pray together to take the church on. But the only way that we can serve is if our wives let us serve. So, in one sense... We have the burden. We may have the burden to serve. And the other, on the other side, if our wives don't let us serve, we can't serve. So you need to consider this, especially you who have younger families when your husband may get asked to come and serve and join, to be, you know, one of the serving brothers in your church. Will you let him go? Will you support him to serve? It's very crucial, very crucial. You know, when I was um, thinking of getting married to Kathy, thinking of Kathy, and I started to see her and court her, one of the first things I asked her was, I do have some burden to serve the Lord full time. I'd like to know how you feel about that. We were just starting. We were, you know. But I figured, this is an important question. Because I do have this burden. And I knew if I asked the brothers... Here, brothers, I have some burden to serve full time. How do you feel? I knew the first thing they would say was, what does your wife think? What does your wife say? So I have to ask her. I have to ask her. And so I asked her. Because, you know, I had a good job and, and I was coming to, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, anyway. I wanted her to know that I might not have a good job very long. 
I might have no job very soon. And I, she has to know this before she, you know, like, makes some commitment here. So I said, how would you feel about if I would serve full time? And she said, I grew up in a family of eight children. She said, I can live on rice and beans really well. That made me very happy. Because I can live on rice and beans as well. So we have no problem with that. And sure enough, when I asked the brothers if I could have some burden to serve full time, the first question was, how does Kathy feel? How does Kathy feel? So this is another way, right? The serving sisters are very crucial to the church life. We have to support. It's, it's more work for her and more work for you sisters if the brothers are going to be serving and making this commitment to the, you know, the coordination meeting. So we hope that you would be open if that time should come in your situation. So, amen. I think Brother Ed has some burden. <clears throat>
reasonable service to present your bodies the living sacrifice. You know, present your bodies means time where you are. So this is the exhortation to the brothers. Well, how are the brothers going to do? First of all, I believe all of you sisters love the Lord. I believe all of you sisters love the Lord very much. And I have to say, I am always touched by Mary Magdalene. Uh, Brother Ricky mentioned this morning that the resurrection of the Lord was discovered by sisters. What happened was the sisters discovered that the tomb was empty. A couple of angels gave them some confirmation. The sisters went back home, told the brothers. The brothers ran over to the tomb and went back home. Mary Magdalene stayed crying. Mary Magdalene was someone of whom the Lord had delivered from many demons. She was crying and suddenly she saw a man near the tomb. She thought it was the keeper of the tomb. And she said, Where, did, where, where did you, have you put the body? Uh, let me know and I'll take care of it. Can you imagine a dead person she would take care of? But that was the Lord that she was so desperate the Lord had to appear to her. And he said, Mary. And immediately she knew it was the Lord. Uh, so that evidently Mary Magdalene rushed over. He said, don't touch me. I haven't yet ascended to my father. Would you believe that? The father of the Lord Jesus. The one who the Lord Jesus always followed, obeyed, everything that he did was for the glory of the Father. The words he spoke were the words of the Father, etc., etc., etc. He had to wait so that the Lord Jesus would appear to Mary Magdalene. Is that love? I trust that all of you sisters have such a love. But I would like to say that serving brothers, who are they serving? They're serving the Lord. They're serving the church. What should be the attitude of the sisters towards their serving Husbands, 
Because the sisters love the Lord. They should appreciate the service of the brothers. But that's not really my point. My point is that, honestly speaking, as a brother, I would tell you, sisters, you need to support your serving husbands. If you love the Lord and your husband is honestly serving the Lord and serving the church, you should appreciate that. Okay, so what should you do? Of course, it's been mentioned already, you should pray. You should pray for the service of your husbands. But more than that, you know, the house, the house where you live, the atmosphere of the house is made by the wife, not the husband. And many aspects of a family are taken care of by the wife. So it is very easy for the wife to say, I'm doing everything. My husband does nothing. <laughs> or even worse than that, a sister asks another sister, how is your husband? I don't know. He lives in the meeting hall. <laughs> so, I can imagine how that poor husband can serve. The point is, if you take care of the household, and that is a sacrifice, the husband will feel supported. You pray and you take care of the household. You're supporting your husband. His ministry is your ministry. Isn't that marvelous? Isn't that precious? There's no brother who can minister, and if no married brother who can minister properly, unless the wife really prays for him and takes care of the household. I don't know how you feel about it, but this is a fact. I'm not giving you doctrine. <laughs> I'm not giving you teaching. I'm giving you a fact. So, this is just my simple burden that all you wives who have serving husbands, you would support your husband by praying for him and by taking care of the house and that is not easy. By sacrificing yourself, taking care of whatever needs to be done. And you should feel that you are a part of your husband's ministry. And we trust that the husband, you know, we husbands are always very cold 
We don't say much. We're not so loving. But we trust the husband will also appreciate the wife. And the husband would realize his service is the way it is because of his wife's service. Well, saints, that's all I have to say. I trust the Lord will encourage you wives who have serving husbands to support them. Support them in prayer and support them in taking care of whatever needs to be done. Praise the Lord. You coming? <laughs>
You know, start, start with Adam, Abel, Enosh, Enoch, and uh, it was Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. But there are more sisters mentioned, you know, very crucial. And uh, in fact, it affects later on God's people, you know, including uh, uh, Eve, you know, Eve, right? And also, uh, uh, then later on, there was uh, Abraham's wife, Sarah, you know. Uh, you know there, are, there are New Testament verses supporting that, you know, they, they by faith, you know, they did many things. And also, uh, there was uh, Hagar, you know, Hagar also, you know, just, uh, all, of, all of Hagar got cared for, and also many other tribes came out in the nation. Uh, so all this shows that uh, God's eye, in God's eyes, uh, the females are very important, very important for the, uh, both for their family, also uh, for God's economy. You know, later on, of course, the negative one is, uh, uh, you know, related to Abraham is Lot, Lot's wife, Lot's wife and Lot's daughters. You know, it all later on becomes such a crucial uh, factor concerning God's people and concerning God's economy. So, to all of us, uh, I just want to mention uh, to all of you that you are so important in God's eyes in fulfilling His purpose, uh, in supporting the brothers, you know. Uh, of course, it's difficult for the brothers to speak for the brothers. Uh, but, you know, according to what's in the Word, uh, sisters, definitely you have a very crucial role playing both in your household and in the church life. And uh, uh, so, you know, your desire, you know, one, one point we are so happy to see all of you is we pray for the sisters uh, this time. Usually, you know, we don't have particular uh, prayer meeting praying for the sisters. But this time, because of this conference, you know, I have been uh, in quite a few prayer meetings, uh, you know, in the small group or in the church prayer meeting, and uh, we all pray for the sisters. So let me just name a few uh, points concerning the what we pray about you. Uh, we pray that you will be joyful. Amen. Are you joyful? Yes. Amen. We hope that you will go back joyfully. Amen. Make the church life in your place joyfully. Amen. Make your family joyful. Amen. We also pray that you will love the church and uh, you will love the Lord, you will love the church. So this is, a, and uh, we also pray that, uh, that in this conference, the Lord will shepherd your souls, you know, and, uh, and you will find rest to your soul. Have you found rest in your soul? Yes. Praise the Lord, the Lord answered the prayer. And you will receive an encouraging word, and you will be a pattern to all the saints. Not just in your family. To so all the saints when you go back to your locality. I think the next one may be prayed by the brothers. We pray that the sister will run faster than the brothers. <laughs> I don't know, we, we usually don't have this kind of prayer. 
in the in the prayer meeting, and we also pray that uh, you will break your alabaster box for the Lord. And uh, we need the sisters in so many church practical services. Pray that you will participate. And we pray, you know, this is Sister Blending Time, uh, Blending Conference. Uh, we pray the Blending Time will be a joyful time. And we pray you also will be a recovery time. I think, you know, the sisters are very busy, both in the church life, in the family life, and uh, we want you to be fully recovered. So when you go back, you can start again. And we pray your joy will spread to your family. And also we pray the sisters will be built up together. uh, And touch the Lord together. And uh, between all of you, uh, the middle wall partition will be broken down. And now we have something against another. That you will be one. And uh, uh, we also pray the sisters, will in, your capacity will be increased, both in your family and in your church life. And uh, uh, you all will be married. I mean, uh, the married loving the law. <laughs> of course, we, lo- we want all the single sisters to get married. <laughs> and you also will be Martha. It's interesting. Recently I read, you know, the Lord loved. The Lord loved this, this family. You know, Mary, Martha, and uh, Lazarus. But the first name mentioned is which? Mary or Martha? Martha. Martha is a serving wife. So, don't let go of your service while you are trying to be a Mary. And we need to have both. So sometimes we ask the sister, maybe you can name your daughter uh, Mary Martha. (laughs) Marissa. Yeah, we have one, Marissa. So, uh, and we pray the sisters will go on. Uh, And your enjoyment of the Lord will raise up another level. So these are the ones we pray. And you will go on with the brothers. Brothers need your support. Need to... The brothers cannot go on if you don't go on. So you need to go on and the brothers need to go on with you. So may the church life be so strong that the brothers and sisters go on together. Uh, We pray that this will will be the best time. Is this the best time now? And also the blessed time. Thank the Lord we are blessed. Thank God, all the sisters are blessed. Okay, I just share this much.